0: You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world.
1: The influence of our tongue. And before I start, I just want to tell you some fun facts about our tongue. Did you know that your tongue is the most flexible muscle in your body? Most flexible so it doesn't ever get stiff, it gets, it's quite flexible. Everyone has a unique tongue print. Just like a thumbprint, you have a unique tongue print. So no one has the print on their tongue like you ever in the world. In fact, some countries were thinking of using the tongue print as identification rather than thumbprint. I don't know how that would look like. I don't want to imagine that. And then the germs, I don't know. But anyway, your tongue can get fat. You can gain weight in your tongue. Interesting. And your tongue contains the only muscle that can move independently to your skeleton. Even right now, just sit there, just just move that tongue around. Nothing else is moving. It's just You can just have a party in your tongue and your whole body doesn't move. No one else knows. And it's just happening right there because it can move apart from your skeleton. But our tongue is also very influential, very influential. And I wanna talk about three areas where our tongue can have a great influence in. The first one is our tongue influences the value of our religion, the value of our religion. James 1 says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves and their religion is worthless what does that mean that means that we could pray every day we could fast we could come in here sing worship go to all the services possible watch all the youtube online but if we don't hold a tight rein on our mouth it's all worthless We can have an encounter with God and then go out there and gossip or swear or use our words in a bad way. And then the Lord sees what you've done as worthless. The um, Passion Version uses the description as shallow and empty. Your religion is shallow. Your relationship is shallow and empty. When we don't hold a tight rein on our tongues, how many times have we, like, given our opinion, you know, or or said what we think? We haven't held back. And our words create. We are from a God who used words to create. He said, uh, Let there be light, and there was light. We are made in His image, therefore, our words create. We can curse and we can bless, we can curse people. We can curse ourselves, we can curse our nation, we can curse our family, we can even curse our church with our words. James 3, 7 says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings, those who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Salt water and fresh water can't come out of the same source. So if we think we are letting out fresh water, it may just be salt water tainted because it can't come out of the same source. That's what the Bible is saying. You know, we say things like, thou'll never change my wife, my husband will never change. Well, you just curse them. That's right, they won't change because you're cursing them. Or, I'm such an idiot. Why are you telling yourself you're an idiot? You are made in the image of God. You shouldn't be saying that you're an idiot. I wish they were dead. That's a scary one. How about, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. You know, when we declare I'm so stressed, and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me about this when I was constantly saying, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed. I felt the Holy Spirit say, when you say that, you're opening up the demonic to make you more stressed. They're like, hey guys, she's stressed. Let's make it even more stressful for her. Let's let her be a prophet. (laughs) Let's let her prophesy. She is stressed. And so your words can create. Um, we can either create demonic oppression over us or angelic hosts on our behalf to fight for us all through our mouth. And when I was working in the IT industry, there was a guy I worked with and he used to call me these names and they were names that are swear words. So whenever I walked in, he'd go, hey, blank, blank, you can fill in the blank. And, uh, Every time he said it, I always felt that oh, like that just heaviness would come over me. And he would say it when I would call him, hey, blank, blank, or when I'd walk into the room, hey, blank, blank, or I'd ask him a question. It was all the time. And I really struggled uh, to, to love this guy or to even want to... Um, be friends with him because of how he treated me I was getting angry with him frustrated with him and I was telling my mother about this and she said to me why don't you every time he swears at you and calls you those names bless him back she said the bible says bless your enemies I said bless him back she said yeah just say back at him God bless you I was like Okay, well, I mean, what else, what other option do I have? I can keep feeling depressed every time he labels me or I can try this. So next time he he did it, I looked at him and went, God bless you. And he went, what? Did you blank, blank say, God, blank, bless, blank, me, blank, blank? I was like, yeah. Anyway, I kept doing it every time he said it to me. I go, God bless you. And as I began to say that over him, I felt like there was an angel in between us that was stopping his cursing, his labeling from getting to me, and it wasn't affecting me anymore. And what the great thing about this was, was after two months of continually blessing him, one day he comes in and he goes, you know, you're such a, no, wait, God bless me. God bless me. And we turned that whole situation around. I was able to bring him to church. I don't know if he received Christ, but amen, still believing for his salvation. But you can turn things around. You bless when the curses come. You can bless. Our tongue influences our enjoyment of life. First Peter 3.10, for the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Do you enjoy life? Do you enjoy your spouse? Do you enjoy your children? Do you enjoy work? Maybe it's not the devil. Maybe it's our mouth. That is making us unhappy. Proverbs 21, 23, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. I definitely want to be kept from calamity. Is my tongue giving me more calamity in life? The passion version of the same verse says, watch your words and be careful what you say. And you'll be surprised at how few troubles you'll have. How many troubles do you have at home, at work, at church, in your connect group that may be caused by words caused by your tongue because your tongue can influence the enjoyment of your life. You know, sometimes we can tend to nag our children and we think we're doing the right thing and we can do this, do this, do this, do this. And then it causes resentment and anger and it's not an enjoyment to parent them. And it's not an enjoyment for them to have you as a mother or a father because we're constantly getting into them because that happened to us. We grew up maybe in a home where our father or our mother did. Why are you doing this? Why are you dressing like that? Why did you get those bad grades? Why, why, why? And this is like constantly like a damper and enjoyment is taken out of family. We're supposed to enjoy family. It's supposed to be a place of peace and love and joy. You know, I, um, I have a son who... Um, I'm always encouraging to read the Word of God, too, because he needs the Word of God in his heart. And I was nagging him, and every time I get up, I would go, have you read your Bible yet? Have you read your Bible yet? Have you read your Bible yet? And I was just this constant nagging of, have you read your Bible yet? Because that's the way he needs to read his Bible. And so I've got to make sure, because I'm his mother, that he reads his Bible. So I'm like, have you read your Bible yet? I mean, have you read your Bible? And it, son, one day he turned around and he said to me, Mom, stop it. You're making me hate the Bible. I was like, what? I'm making you hate the Bible? Yes, every time you nag me on this, have you read the Bible? I don't want to read it. And I went away, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, back off. Back off. Leave him to me. I was like, mm. <laughs> so the next day, I got up, and I'm like, mm. Want to ask him so badly he's playing xbox i just want to ask him but i'm not going to holy spirit i i trust you you're gonna to speak to him he's gonna get the love of the word of god from you not from me bashing him with my words and so one day i hear the keyboard playing and i hear these words and it was really weird because it was not a song that I knew and it was about Elijah going up Mount Carmel. I was like, what kind of song is this? So I went into the study where he was. He was on his father's keyboard and he was playing and I opened the door a little and there he was with his Bible on the keyboard singing as he was playing the keys. And I was just like, and he turned around and looked at me and I was like, what are you doing? He said, mom, the He said, I felt God speak to me and tell me to read the Bible with something I enjoy. And I enjoy playing the keyboard. So I'm just doing it together. I was like, great, great idea. I left and I was like, it's so much easier when the Holy Spirit is involved. And sometimes as parents, we can just want to see and we want to do, but we got to back off and just let the Holy Spirit encourage them. Billy Graham says this, guard your tongue and use it for good instead of evil. How many marriages or friendships have been destroyed because of criticism that spiraled out of control? How many relationships have broken down because of a word spoken thoughtlessly or in anger? A harsh word can't be taken back. No apology can fully repair its damage. How many marriages are broken these days? Not by someone having an affair, not by a third party involved, but because partners, because spouses can't keep their mouth shut, can't put a rein on their mouth, constantly pushing down the other person till the other person can't take it, or two of them coming together and clashing constantly. And there's no humility and throwing words at each other and curses at each other and anger at each other. We can only take so much of it. So, marriages are breaking down. Children are living in homes with one parent because we're not keeping a rain on our mouth a lot of times. We're not changing it. You know, I could tell you so many stories of how many fights I've had with my husband that have been caused by me not keeping my mouth shut. You know, I I tend to sometimes get really angry and just say stuff, right? That just comes out of who knows where. And I remember this one time I was getting ready to go to Singapore. And he was in Singapore. And I don't know what the fight was. I can't remember what it was about. But we were texting back and forth. And something was said. And I was really angry. And so I'm getting ready. And I'm like, I am about to tell him what he's done wrong. Holy Spirit's like, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, Holy Spirit, I got this. He needs to know he is in the wrong. So you just go, let me do this. It's like, this is going to end bad. I'm good. I'm good. And you know, with text messages, it can be really ruthless because you can really think about the words you're going to use to attack them. And you know what affects them. You know things you can say that will really rattle them. And so I'm texting and I sent that text and I stand there waiting and I don't know what I was expecting because surely that text wasn't gonna have a response of love back. And of course the text came back and I'm married to a lawyer so it was logically outlined the response. And I was so mad that I turned my phone off and sat in my dressing room and thought, I'm not going to Singapore. So I think I said that, have fun, I'm not going, bye, hung up. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm so mad. You know, he needs to know, blah, blah, blah. All these thoughts going on in my head. Meanwhile, he's trying to contact the team to find out where I was, cause I'm not going. And it was just this whole confusing time. And I felt the Holy Spirit cut across my thoughts and go, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why do you feel you have to have a say in this situation? Why don't you let it go? Humble yourself and apologize because you don't know what you're missing out on. You're going to let stupid words affect what I have for you. You are causing tension, unnecessary tension in your marriage because of your words. I'm like, but leave him to me. If it's something I need to deal with him about, I'll talk to him. He's a man of God. He hears from me, but you got to let this go. This is not your job to rule him. So I was like, oh, so I packed my bag and went downstairs, spent the whole airplane ride thinking about the apology, how I was gonna apologize. Finally humbled myself, I apologized, we resolved it. And you know what, the next day we both had a real encounter with God, an amazing experience that I would have missed out on <laughs> had I hold, held on to my words. Sometimes we hold, no, I'm not going to apologize. No, they need to know. But it really is true. It robs your enjoyment of life. Maybe your marriage problems isn't the devil. Maybe it's your words. Maybe the reason why your husband frustrates you or your wife frustrates you so much is because of what you're saying over them, what you're declaring over them. You want to start to encourage and start to build up. Because our tongue can affect the enjoyment of our life. Our tongue can affect our enjoyment in church. Come into church. I don't like the music, I don't like the lights, I don't like how they dress, I don't like this song. And you know, we we begin to speak it and it robs an encounter with God. It robs an enjoyment, an enjoying time that we can have with the Lord because of our words. And then we find others who agree with us with those words and then it becomes more powerfully wrong. And then more people are affected And they miss out on an encounter or a touch from God because of our words. Our tongue also influences the power in our authority. You can dilute your authority to break curses, deliverance, salvation, uh, bring in the supernatural by your tongue. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What fruit are you eating? What power are you releasing from your mouth? The Passion Version says your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life and the talkative person will reap the consequences. What a scary verse. Your words are powerful and they will kill or give life. Are you killing people around you or are you giving life? What about those of you who are managers and you have staff under you? Are you killing them? Or are you breathing life into them? Are they looking at you and going, oh, there's something different about them. I wonder, you know, what makes them different? What is their God? Or are they looking going, there is no way I would ever go to their church or ever look into their God if that's the way they are. We have to be careful with our words. Um, are we cutting down people's hopes or cutting down the strategies of the enemy? Because we can bring life and we can bring healing to people and we can bring death. Proverbs 12:18 says the words of the reckless pierce like swords but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15:4 the soothing tongue is a tree of life but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Think about how you have felt when people have said crushing things to you, labeled you, said bad things to you, how it has crushed your spirit. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. When we speak, are we speaking words that are benefiting those who listen? When we're in our connect groups gathering, are we speaking words that are benefiting those who listen? That is building them up. What I'm about to say, you should ask, is this going to build up? Is this going to send them to the cross or away from the cross? I've told mothers who've come for prayer for their children who are away from the Lord. I pray this over them. May everything they say push their child to Jesus, not away from Jesus. Some of us want our spouses to come back to the Lord, our children to come back to the Lord. But we're the ones in the way. We're saying things that are pushing them away from God. Saying things over them. Why do you dress like that? Why do you talk? Why do you do that? And it's like it crushes their spirit instead of saying things that will push them to Jesus. You know, uh, I'm fascinated at how powerful our words are, especially when I've prayed for people for freedom, people who've wanted freedom from oppression uh, and deliverance from things that have been in their family line or things that they have done that has opened the door for torment. You know, it's their words from their mouth that bring freedom. Like, they don't have to do ceremonies. They don't have to whip themselves. They don't have to walk on fire. They don't have to cut themselves to appease any God to get freedom. See, Jesus got cut. He got whipped. He went to the cross. He died to give us the power. So all we have to do is use our mouth and our tongue with authority and say, I renounce. I break this curse. Get out of me. And we see transformation from words. It's so easy. It's so simple. It's amazing that we have a God that paid the price to give us power. So it's so important that everything we do, that our tongue, everything we we say is not diluting our authority. I had this girl that I prayed for over uh, last year. She's from another church and she saw me she came up to me she had six pendants around her neck with names on them and she said these are the six babies I've lost I've had six uh, miscarriages and the last one was 24 weeks she said I can't have a baby I don't know what's wrong with me and um she was telling me about her family and and how the it was seemed to be a curse with her sister and her auntie so we I said, we got to break that. Let's use our, let's use our agreement to break it. So we broke it in Jesus name. We broke the curse of death over her. She was very gaunt looking and very skinny and very, just looked really down. And we broke death over her womb. We said, let go in Jesus name. And I began to encourage her. I said, you walk into the courtrooms of heaven. You break everything in your family. She did it. She did it with me. And then she DM'd me just a few months ago to tell me she she is seven months pregnant the doctor is so happy he said you have a healthy baby The curse is broken in Jesus name and it was all done by her tongue by the words that she spoke there is power in your words you know there was a battle won by using the tongue Jehoshaphat in first in second Chronicles 20 is a story Of how these enemies were heading towards Israel. Three enemies had combined. Armies had combined to come against Israel. And Israel was smaller. They had more money, these enemies. More power. More weapons. More everything. And they were coming against Israel. And Jehoshaphat gathered the Israelites together. And the Lord spoke to Jehoshaphat and said, I will be with you. And so as they began to meet together, knowing that these armies were coming towards them to kill them, to make them slaves, to steal from them. They began to use their tongue, their words, to lift up praises and worship. What I love about this story is they didn't sing, oh God, save us. Oh God, we're gonna die. No, if you look at what they said, they said, oh Lord, your love endures forever. You are a faithful God. They began to use adoration with their tongue to their God and began to love him, singing together in unity. And as they did that, these armies that were heading towards them, the enemy sends confusion to them and they start turning on each other and they end up fighting each other and end up, um, most of them getting killed. A messenger comes running to Jehoshaphat and tells him and they, they're like, what? So they run out and they see on the battlefield all these people that are dead, all these soldiers are dead. The enemy is dead and they're like, what just happened? Like these guys were coming towards us and now they're no more. But not only that, they left their gold their silver, their weapons, their clothing, their food, and so the Israelites began to get all this plunder from the enemy. So the enemy that was against them, that was about to kill them, was the very enemy that ended up blessing them because they were able to get the plunder from the enemy. What if there's an enemy in your life that all you need to do is start praising the Lord, start worshiping God, not complaining, not whining, and he can turn that whole situation around and you can end up getting blessed from the very one that was cursing you. Second Chronicles 20, 22, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. We gotta start changing our whining to declaring. Our criticism to encouragement our pity to hope our gossip to evangelism and our complaining to prophesying your words bring life they bring power they bring God's light wherever you speak and if we would just change our language maybe our world maybe our world maybe our marriage maybe whoever we're involved in our whole situation would change. Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-one says this, I love this. The lovers of God who chase after righteousness will find all their dreams come true, an abundant life drenched with favor and a fountain that overflows with satisfaction. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases regional breakthrough. Oh, come on. Let me say that again. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends to the high place and releases regional breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. All oh Kingdom City, we need to be people that are filled with wisdom, that can release regional breakthrough over KL, over Malaysia, over every city that you are joining us from, that we can bring down the strongholds of the mighty, the principalities and the powers that we sit under. We can release regional breakthrough through our mouth the strongholds of the mighty can come down through our worship, through our praise. We just praise you in this place. We just give you all the glory, all the honor, God. We worship you, Lord God, right now.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.